0: there are six different places that you can show up on Instagram. Like how is the Reels channel going to add value to your overall social media presence?
1: Hey, hey, my feel good friends. Oh man, I cannot wait to share today's conversation with you because I am chatting with my fellow social media guru, Liana of Lita v Social. She is super awesome and You guys, she has been killing it with the Reels game lately, which I know you have questions about. Whether you've been wondering how the heck should I use Reels for my business? Should I even waste my time? Is it worth my time? All those things. We cover those things and more. We actually get into a little bit of the pricing dilemma, how to price your services and products as a business owner um, in the very start of a conversation, which I absolutely am geeking out about as well I know that you will love this conversation with Liana she is so so cool you guys and she's doing awesome things on Instagram so without further ado let's go ahead and dive in hey friend and welcome to the feel good social podcast. I'm your host Kinsey and I'm here to help you market your business in a genuine way that works without wasting your precious time. (laughs) On this show, we chat about social media strategy and mindset tips with a focus on, you guessed it, feeling good. So sit back, relax and enjoy some genuine conversation for the good of your biz. Are you ready to easily create social media content that feels on brand and looks beautiful without breaking the bank or wasting your precious time? Our new brand vibe bundles are here, my friend. These digital bundles will give you everything you need to easily show up on social media with cohesive content that feels like your brand you simply have to choose the bundle that best fits your brand's vibe and you'll be on your way to posting with ease. Check them out at feelgoodsocial.com slash brand vibe bundles. Each of our differently branded bundles includes 80 plus customizable Canva social media templates, six Lightroom presets for easy one-click photo editing, 30 in-depth social post prompts, Plus, a guide to your brand vibe with a description of your vibe's personality, power words, and additional suggested color palettes, font pairings, and graphic elements. I know these bundles are exactly what you've been looking for to finally show up consistently and cohesively on Instagram for your brand without breaking the bank or wasting your precious time. Just head to feelgoodsocial.com slash brand vibe bundles and you'll find all the information there. Hi, Liana. Thank you so much for joining, lady. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast.
0: I'm so excited to be here. I started hearing your your podcast when I first started. So it's like a very 180, 360 to be on it now. So super excited.
1: Oh my gosh. I love hearing that. That's so fun. Um, okay. So I did introduce you a little bit in the intro, but I'd love
0: to hear from you. Who are you? What do you do? And who do you serve? Well, my name is Leanna Mardavala. I run a social media marketing agency called Lee Davi Social. And I mostly serve service-based entrepreneurs that are, you know, in their second or third year of business, and are looking to just completely outsource their full service social media. But I also offer one on one sessions. And my newest offering is a reels or vertical video VIP day because, you know, we all know how important it is to get on those. And sometimes people need a little extra help. So those are my main offerings right now.
1: Yes. Oh, man, I love. I love that you're offering VIP days. I've been hearing so much about those lately and also the Reels thing. I cannot wait to talk to you about how to tackle Reels and all of that stuff because – With all these new features that Instagram is pushing out, it's like hard to keep up sometimes and to figure out how can I do this in the best way that's not just going to be me wasting two hours trying to create this video that no one sees, right? Um, Oh, but before we do get into social media, I'd love to dive into just kind of the Liana origin story. How did you get started doing all this stuff?
0: (laughs) So um I definitely have a COVID business. I, you know, jumped off the edge of the cliff and figured out how to open the parachute on the way down, but that's kind of how I approach all things. So it just kind of made sense. So I have been in the marketing agency world for probably almost 10 years now. I've mostly been in experiential and what experiential marketing is event marketing. So basically I would create events and experiences for brands to kind of really come to life. Um, A lot of those experiences were sometimes, I would say, mostly paired with online kind of social experiences to kind of amplify the event, right? Because when we're at an event, we can only reach with so many people. So, you know, as the years went by and a lot of my activations is what we call them had social components, my interest like really started to peak, you know, like we would have an event and then maybe we would have like a hashtag campaign or sweepstakes that you had to enter online through social, you know, to share with the world that, hey, I'm at this live event. Or we would have like Twitter walls so that, you know, people that weren't at the event could kind of keep up with what was happening. And that just really like piqued my interest. So, um, I've been meaning, you know, putting it on the back burner to like shift more into digital and online space. So when the lovely old pandemic happened, um, I was laid off being laid off in my event industry. is not like a novelty. So this was like the third time in three years that I had been laid off. So I was like, you know what? I really got to like pivot. And you know, I only got me, so I'm the only one that can choose to make this choice. I think I got laid off on actually where it's exactly one year. I got laid off on March 13th. It was Friday the 13th. And I think I allowed myself a couple of days to mope around. And then I completely dove into teaching myself all things social media. You know, I started just, you know, reaching out to friends and family that I knew had businesses that were going to struggle now because they needed an online presence. So, started offering my services for free and slowly, you know, built up a portfolio and then started pitching my services for, you know, a price. And here we are, you know, almost exactly a year later. And um, I'm happy to say, you know, um, there's still definitely room for growth in my business, obviously, but I have my first team member and I'm carving out an internship program to like really teach other people how to do this because, you know, having an online business... Um, I feel like for me has been the biggest blessing and I want to teach others to do that. And I really enjoy the teaching aspect, which is why I, I offer like those kind of hand-holding VIP days.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, so many exciting things in there. Firstly, congratulations on, you know, one year in the entrepreneurship game. Thank by you. <laughs> That is amazing, lady. And I really, I do love to hear kind of like inspiration stories that came out of the pandemic because while Mm -hmm. it was like a really tough year for everyone in the entire world, you know, there were still like new opportunities created. A lot of people felt like this push to jump off the cliff, as you said, and all those things. And, you know, I do, I I am kind of like a positive person in general. And so I really like to hear, you know, how really good things can come from really tough times or bad situations. So thanks so much for sharing that. Also, I'd love to chat just a little bit about pitching your family members and friends yeah. and all those things, and like how you kind of slowly started to increase your prices or however that mm-hmm. looks, because yeah, I'm a coach as well. And a lot of my mm-hmm. one-on-one coaching clients really struggle with the, how do I price myself? And then also how do I increase my prices? And like, you know, balance that with the value I'm providing and all those things. So what did that look like for you, lady?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, anybody out there that is struggling with this topic, you're not alone. And every single business owner online, whatever struggles with this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think this is the most popular question ever. I'm in a lot of like Facebook groups and like, you know, masterminds and certification programs that I'm a part of. And that's always a number one question. And I think I've, after a year, I've really arrived at, nobody else can tell you what your price is. Right. And I know that's super frustrating to hear because we all just want like a super easy answer, but you know, I think you can come at it from numerous ways. Like if you're in a position where maybe you still have a full time and this is like a side hustle, then you have a little bit more room to play with. Right. You know, literally think about like how much money, you know, what I feel good about making, and in, and that's just like a number to start with. and then think about who are you offering the service to? Like what is their budget? You know, we all have to start somewhere. So if, you know, if for just throwing random numbers out there, if you're really just trying to get something on your portfolio to start, maybe free is where you start, right? And then maybe you add a couple hundred dollars. I think I probably, which was definitely way too low. I think I probably started offering my services at like $300, right? But knowing that I was going to make a lot of mistakes. So to make an extra couple hundred dollars when I'm learning myself, you know, but honestly, like just because I charge that does not mean you need to start there, right? You could start way higher. We all have different experiences. We all have, and I know this is I, a year ago, this would have been a super frustrating thing to hear. Mm-hmm. But now like I, I understand and I get it. So, you know, there was definitely a period in my business where I was doing the same service, to different people at different rates. Right. Because people would come in. And as I'm like, you'll, you'll just know after you've been doing it for a couple of months, you'll be like, wow, I am way undercharging. And you honestly, you would just, you have to live through that. Right. You have to feel what it feels like to feel like you are undercharging in order to understand, oh, I can charge a little bit more and just get feedback. And and then I've also made the opposite mistake where I went too high and people were like, I can't afford that. So then that becomes a choice of, is this the industry I'm serving? Do they have the budgets to sustain my business, right? So there's just so many things involved. So I hope that that was helpful for someone.
1: So (laughs) helpful, lady. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, and it is. I loved your answer too. It's exactly... Oh, there's not like, it's not one size fits all whatsoever. And I love that you give permission to really make your own rules. Right. To like, honestly, I mean, do you want to have your services like set at a certain price across the board? Like sure. On the front of the end of your business, that's okay. But on the back end of your business, it's okay to be like feeling around and charging people different things and mm-hmm. just starting to like increase your confidence and all that stuff. And Yeah, I love that you also brought up the fact that you've charged too much before too. Mm -hmm. I definitely went there as well, where I was like, I'm going to charge what I'm worth. But what I was charging wasn't like really reasonable or feasible for my ideal audience. Especially at the beginning, I didn't necessarily have the experience to back it up, right? right? And so it's kind of like finding that balancing act and like giving yourself permission to, I think, package your services in a way that makes sense for you that you're not feeling like you're killing yourself every day like mm-hmm. working for your clients but then also in a way that makes sense for them and that can look like whatever you need it to look like i've also found that um i don't know if you've done this ever but you know if there's some sort of i was dealing with this last week even i was chatting with this person about a new service that i haven't really offered anyone yet and i'm like okay i think that like this is the right number in my gut for now but like can we commit to a time frame or like a number of packages at this price and then revisit it. Right. So that's kind of helped me too. is like setting a timeframe to things. Okay. I'm going to do it for like $300 for three months. Then we can revisit (laughs) how we're both feeling or something.
0: And it depends on where you are. Like, if you're just trying to get people through your, you know, imaginary door, then maybe you do want to set that price low, right? So that you have like a plethora of opportunities of people to work with. And then you can choose the type of things you want to put in your portfolio, because as you get better, then when you feel good about what you're offering, you will also feel good about raising your prices, right? Like there's Mm going to come a point where the switch is just going to go off in your head where you're like, I'm absolutely not charging less than this for this amount of work, right? Because you've lived it, you've experienced it, and you know what that is. And some like, a um, kind of like a saying that I always tell people in all aspect, not just business, is like what something is worth is what another person is willing to pay for it. Right. Because worth is like arbitrary when it comes to things specifically in our industry, like a service mm-hmm. or a product. Right. Like when you think about goods, like It may cost a luxury person to create a good, you know, at, I don't know, $20, but because they want to market themselves luxury, they have to set the price at five, six times that, right? But then somebody that wants to appeal to the masses might have to price their products lower to appeal to the masses, right? So marketing is psychology, pricing is psychology, it's timing. And yeah, and I think, you know, for all business owners, I think this is kind of like an ongoing thing. But it's also good to set goals, right? Like you're like, you know, eventually, for example, for me, I think being a team of only two, right, with some interns, I think realistically what our team can handle is probably no more than like seven clients collectively. So then I back myself in from that number, right? Okay, so if I need to survive off of seven clients, what do I need to be charging? So that's my goal, right? That's where I want to get to. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hopefully that was helpful. <laughs> oh, so helpful. I already can hear it. I can already hear my <laughs> audience cheering right now. Um, okay. I do love that. And I'm so glad we went down that tangent because that's totally something that's like so relatable in every yeah. industry. And, and it's definitely been popping up lately in, in my little sphere of the world, you know? So, okay. I would love to chat with you about social media, especially reels and all those things. Um, I guess what kind of, let's start with what tips do you usually like to share with those people who are just trying to figure out how to use social media in the best way for them? (laughs)
0: Yeah, so if you are a small business owner and you're in the position where you're like, wow, I have to teach this to myself right now. And, you know, I have to make it work until I can afford to outsource this. I think that being my first tip would be to be gentle on yourself, <laughs> to be very realistic, and to really sit down and think about the type of content you want to create, but also the type of content you need to create, right? In order to get the value of your product or service across, um, maybe in order to get the value of your product or service across, you need to talk about the whys and the behind the scenes and you know that kind of stuff. So to begin with, you know, I think something that's thrown around a lot is like content pillars. You have to have content pillars. And yes, I think that is a great place to start because when you get stuck, you can always kind of go back to that, right? So we want to talk about your product or service, right? So that's, that can always be one content pillar. You want to create content that will be shareable and that can mean different things to different people, right? Right. So something in your industry that other people will want to share, and maybe that's something educational, maybe that's something motivational, right? Because sometimes, you know, if if you're a service, photos of yourself aren't things that people will want to share, right? But if you talk to pain points of people in your industry, maybe that's something that somebody would share. So in order to get the biggest bang for your buck, I think you're really thinking about the content you want to create and the cadence that you want to create it in, right? Consistency, Does not mean every day. And (laughs) don't, I don't, I mean, I know there's like so, you know, like those silly rules that were leaked from Instagram about how much you should post. It's like, I know it's hard, but like you have to put the blinders on and do what's best for you. So if you know that you can create three quality posts per week, or if you sit down and batch them, like do that, you know, you have to ultimately, you still have a business to run. And while marketing is very important, you know, You also have to think about the ROI on your time into this specific social media marketing channel. So that was a little bit long-winded, but I hope that was helpful.
1: Oh, of course. Like I'm over here like just throwing my arms up in the air at everything you're saying because yes, I truly believe that. I love the phrase that you use, bang for your buck with like social media. Yes, like this has been such a huge topic for me. Like how can you show up on social media in the most strategic way mm-hmm. and in a way that actually works with your lifestyle so that you do show up. <laughs> That's where the yeah. content pillars do come in handy if you're like at a loss for what the heck should I post today? Right. Um, And then also exactly like, how can I show up in the most valuable way? That's going to give me the biggest return on investment. I just had a conversation with someone in the DMS yesterday about this. And she was saying, you know, like, what is your recommendation? Like everyone's screaming consistency. I roll my eyes every time people are like, you have to be on all the platforms posting this many times Mm -hmm. a day, creating these different types of content. And I'm like, no, like that's impossible for a lot of normal business owners who are trying to wear all the hats all the time. So like, how can you show up on social media in a way that is lasting, that's going to make the biggest impact in your business, and it's going to be the most strategic and give you the most return on investment? I
0: love that so much, lady. Yeah. And I think that um, everyone's goals on social media can be different, right? And like growth and follower numbers is not the only goal. It's not the best... You know, KPI, you know, it's not the only KPI to look at there. And as you probably know, you know, like there are tons of people out here on social media selling products and services that don't have hundreds of thousands of followers or even the coveted 10K, but they're still selling and they still are running successful businesses. So you have to measure that, right? Like it. And something that I advocate to is like trial and error. You have to try things, right? So maybe you start with posting three times and you have to give it a couple of months right to be able to read that data and like okay is this working do I need to change am I getting engagement am I getting sales most importantly right Mm -hmm. and then you have to keep tweaking your you know your strategy right which obviously is the benefit of working with a social media strategist right because they can read that data for you and kind of help you along but there's a lot of resources online that are free that you know A lot of social media managers share a lot of free tips as well that you can kind of, while you're still doing it on your own, really figure out what are the things that you need to change. So, you know, maybe you try to post a certain kind of content, which is like, behind the scenes and product photos. And then you have maybe your third post of the week is always like a promotion or sale that you're doing. Like try to stay, when I mean consistent, consistent with those types of posts and see how they perform. Read the data, you know, maybe the behind the scenes kind of stuff consistently failed or had low engagement. Maybe don't post that, you know, in the next quarter and test and read your data that's that that would be like my biggest advice for someone that is doing it on your own it's like be gentle with yourself keep trying you know social media changes every single day it's all run by a huge computer room that is the (laughs) evil algorithm it's nobody there like personally attacking you it's just it's based on user behavior and computer learning so you gotta you gotta try the things that work for you And just because somebody else is posting every single day, twice a day, and blah, 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 you have no idea what kind of resources that person has, right? You have no idea the kind of time that person has, you know, what their priorities for their business are. I could go on and on and on, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, lady, believe me, I totally get it. It's like, what I really want to encourage people to do too is start thinking about their time as a valuable resource as well, right? And like, are you getting, like adding that into the equation of what's the ROI for this investment that I'm spending on social media, including your own time. And so I have this conversation with people a lot where it's like, I don't want you necessarily worrying about all of these little algorithm tweaks or all of these new things that are happening here or there, or like all this stuff that really isn't going to make the biggest difference for your business. Like, do you need to pay attention to hashtags and stuff like this? Like, yes, I would love for you to add hashtags to every single one of your posts. It's a great way to just possibly increase your visibility potentially. But at the same time, do I want you spending an hour, every post trying to find the perfect hashtags. No, not really. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'd rather you spend five minutes on hashtags and 40 minutes engaging intentionally on the platform or, you know, writing an email to your email list or something else like that. So like, that's some of those things that I think people have trouble balancing too.
0: Yeah. And I know if, if you don't know a lot about social media, you're just like staring into a black hole. So, you know, <laughs> if you can't afford monthly management, then something that I would h- highly suggest is to maybe schedule a strategy session with a strategist that you can do maybe <laughs> once a quarter. I think that would be a better, you know, in- investment and monetary like ROI to just give you a little bit of guidance. And, you know, typically from a strategy session, you'll have some things to try at- and you try them for at least three months. Right. And then maybe you come back and check in until you get the hang of it and you see what works for you, you know? And when you post something that gets a lot of engagement and I don't mean like, dislikes, you know, maybe you're creating conversation around your product or service. Maybe those conversations led to a DM that led to a product sale. Like those are the types of things that you have to kind of figure out, you know, where is my time best spent? What is, what am I getting my biggest ROI on? So test, 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 test,
1: test, test, and still everything's going to change and evolve all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. We can manage, we can manage. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. I would love to chat with you about Instagram reels because yeah. firstly, you do such a great job with them. I love them. Um I appreciate that. And also I'm so excited to hear more about like your VIP days with those. But let's start with maybe what are some of like your top tips when it comes to creating reels?
0: <laughs> yeah. So before I get into the tips, I'd like to talk about why I'm advocating for reels mm-hmm. right now. Okay, and, yeah. Um, the why here and why, you know, I really um I've been talking about this a lot about on, on my, on my own Instagram platform, like just really pushing reels because, because reels are so new. Instagram is really pushing something, right? Like if you have a new product or service, you're going to want to push it as much as possible, right? You want to talk about it all the time and you want other people to talk about it. So Instagram is really rewarding people that are on reels. And honestly, reels is the biggest bang for your buck right now. And that's like Mm -hmm. a word that I say a lot. Um, So I think it is the ROI is very high for you to spend a little bit more time in creating these reels or figuring out how they make sense in your business, right? Because not every brand or business needs to be dancing on reels. Not every brand or business needs to be doing voiceovers. Maybe for some brands, it makes sense to just speak directly into the camera, you know, whether it's like an educational tip or maybe like a behind the scenes video of how something is created. There are different ways, and not all of them require you to be in front of the camera to create reels just because that organic reach is going so much further than, and I have tested this over and over. Like if if I just do like a square video or a reel, the reels will always go above and beyond. Um, Mm -hmm. My measurement of success for a reel is if your reel is seen by at least as many followers as you have, that's a success because your average piece of content will not be seen by all of, you know, on average will not be seen by all of your followers. So, but, you know, typically a reel will double, triple, or quadruple your audience, you know, if it's like a well thought out reel. Yeah. Now (laughs) for the tips on reels, you really have to sit down and think about how you want to use that channel, right? There are six different places that you can show up on Instagram. Like how is the reels channel going to add value to your overall social media presence? If you're a service provider, maybe it's worthwhile using reels channel for two things to show your personality and to use it as educational and add value right in a fun entertaining way at the end of the day reels is a direct competitor of tiktok right tiktok is an entertainment platform so in order for reels to be successful they do need to be adding some kind of value but they also need to be a little bit entertaining right like when when you go to the reels tab people want to go there because they want to be entertained what makes people stop the scroll something entertaining something that gains their attention so um one of my my tips would be to try to get that attention within like the first three seconds you know mm-hmm. reels go up to 30 seconds now but I have found that the um the way the algorithm works is that <laughs> the most views you know the more views that you get and more gets pushed out what creates the more views is when something is like really attention grabbing at the beginning or it's short enough that it lets it play over and overwrite or that whatever is happening in the I don't know I would say probably anywhere from eight to like 17 seconds is so interesting that. It makes people watch it over and over again, like, oh, did I miss that? Oh, that was fun. How did she do that? If if it's like a transition or something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, make sure that it's attention grabbing, make sure that it's adding some value. Don't think that all of the value needs to be in the actual reel. You can point people to read your caption, right? Because we don't want it to be too text heavy. That's another tip. Not very text heavy because you know it's like 17 seconds. People, you need to be able to provide value in a very concise way Mm -hmm. I would highly suggest to try to batch reels so in order to get your biggest bang for your buck try to come ready for a reels session maybe it's like an hour and a half two hours per week make sure that before you are sitting down not sitting down whatever you know standing up to record reels that you're prepared and you have a couple of topics to um to cover so part of my process is I like to even do things in batching. So maybe the day before I sit down and I binge some reels, right? Obviously, in order to be good at reels, you have to consume reels. So make sure that you are consuming reels. Another tip would be consume reels outside of your industry so that you can kind of see Mm -hmm. what the trends are so that you can get ideas for your industry. You know, and this is something that I struggle with as well. Like I have to try to purposely not look at other reels in my industry because I never want to copy anyone. And that is like, it's so easy to let yourself do that. So yeah, consume a lot of reels. I like to go through and look at reels. And if an audio kind of resonates with me like, Oh, I could use that to talk about this. That is for my business. I'll save it. So I usually go through and save a lot of audio or maybe just get some inspo. When I do reels, I try to create three different kinds of reels. So the voiceovers, which are, you know, when you, when you're lip syncing to something that people are saying Um, maybe some just using music and pointing. If you feel silly doing that, you don't have to do this. And the third one that I like to create is just straight talking into the camera to add a little bit of, and and you really don't have to do anything except talk into the camera. Those can be as effective as the dancing ones, but, you know, small ways that you can spice up the talking into the camera ones is a transition. A transition can be as easy as like putting your hand in front of the camera. Or turning your head to the side when you're going to, you know, talk about the next tip or the next value add. Like, they're just very simple things that you can pick up by binging other people's reels to kind of learn some tips or tricks to make them engaging. But I do, I do promise that if you take a little bit of time to plan out the content of your reels and then, you know, another day or time, you just shoot them all at the same time. Um, I would advise to edit them right after once when you're in the mood because editing is a little <laughs> bit stressful. Um, you will, you will, see, you will see that ROI. If you're putting, if you're being intentional, you will. Also, the great thing about Rails is that their lifespan is longer. Mm-hmm. You know, the average Instagram piece of content Probably will live between 24 hours, maybe 48 if it's doing well. But I've seen re- some of my reels have picked up like a week after. I haven't had a crazy amount of viral reels on my own accounts, but on my clients' accounts, there has been like a lot of viral reels that will go viral a couple of days after. And we're like, oh, well, like that picked up. Um, and it's been really interesting. And, you know, in, in my sphere... I have seen a lot of people like really like increase their their follower count, which doesn't have to be the goal for everyone, right? But long story short, the organic reach is crazy and they are definitely worthwhile investing your time in creating them.
1: Yeah. Oh, so much like gold in there. So many awesome knowledge nuggets. <laughs> I know my audience is eating it up right now. And I also, I just want to point out too, I love what you said about consuming content and i think that that's a really important point from any perspective right like everyone is everyone does scroll instagram at some point during their day for the most part you Mm -hmm. know and as you're scrolling instagram like it's okay to be entertained and just make it about that but there's a little bit of value add if you can scroll instagram and be aware of the content that you're consuming, and get ideas from it, right? Like, um, so it's kind of like a double whammy, right? The bang for your buck stuff. And I love what you yeah. said about reels, but also it's it's kind of true of any content. Whenever I'm watching live videos, whenever I see someone do an awesome carousel post and stuff like that. Plus, I do do love what you said about consuming content that's like outside of your own industry, because. Exactly. It is easy to kind of all start doing the same things and feel like you're copying people and that stuff. But if you can do that, then it makes it easier to stand out on the platform and you're just cool, which is just awesome. So you don't only not have to feel like, oh my gosh, am I copying this lady? But yeah, your people are noticing because they're just consuming the same thing over and over and over. And all of a sudden, Liana pops out with your bright and shiny, interesting ideas. And it just is so helpful. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. And then also keep in mind that, you know, you are in your industry, right? So a lot of the people you probably follow are in your industry, but the people following you aren't also following 20 other social media managers, right? So your content will be novel to them. Or, you know, if you have a small business, you know, the odds that your follower is following, you know, five other similar same types of a small business isn't super likely, right? So Keep that in mind. Don't like overthink this process. But that's funny that you talked about um, just aimlessly scrolling because I just posted a reel about that yesterday about, Mm -hmm. you know, how to make, scroll, right? Because we all like to scroll, but how to make sure that that time is spent intentionally and strategic, you know? Like you said, take note of the behaviors and patterns and content types that you are more drawn to, right? And use that for your own, you know, content creation um ideas.
1: Yeah, oh so helpful. And exactly and I I think that I love to talk about mindset a lot too on like this podcast and just in my content and doing my own inner work (laughs) throughout the past year, but, um, I feel like too, there is this guilt that people have felt, um, especially over the past year with the pandemic, we've all been on our phones more so. And then the social dilemma comes out and there's this guilt that a lot of people feel for being addicted to your phone for, um, all that stuff. And so that might be a way to kind of like relieve that inner guilt. If you are feeling that way too. Um, not that I think that we really, need to feel guilty about our habits necessarily. I
0: think that it's better to be aware of them and then make small changes at a time. I don't know how you feel about that topic. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely watched The Social Dilemma and there were a lot of good things that came out of it. But I think some self-talk, like I think the messaging just needs to be looked at a little bit different because if you are a business owner, this is your main form of marketing channel. So it's work. Right. And that's how you should approach it. Right. Like set dedicate, just like you would set dedicated time to like do your taxes or do your bookkeeping. You have to set dedicated time to content creation and marketing of your business. So view it in that way. Um, You know, I think it's ultimately we all have to take a good look at ourselves in the mirror and really see how those habits are affecting us. If they are having negative effects and that's something that you need to address separately. Right. But look at business, content creation as like a regular task that needs to be achieved and have dedicated time for that. Right. And you know, if you find yourself aimlessly scrolling on things that don't pertain to the marketing or market research of your business, then, you know, you got to have a little talk with yourself.
1: (laughs) got have a little sit down with yourself and that's totally okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this so much Okay. I don't want to let you go without asking about how you are bilingual And you kind of implement that into your own marketing and Instagram and stuff like that. And I'd love to just chat with you about that and how you are using it kind of in your personal strategy, because I do think that that's a really cool thing. And sometimes I've had conversations with people where they're like, well, I am Spanish speaking, or I do speak this other language. Like, should I use that? And I kind of think you should, but I'd love to hear your, your like thoughts on this whole thing.
0: Yeah. I think it depends. I have that out there. Um, you know, on my profile and in my marketing, just because first of all, I'm all about servicing people that, you know, women, minorities of color. Mm -hmm. Most of my clients are women of color, actually, if not all of them. So I like to put that out there because, you know, some people may not feel they have access to the information that they need in their preferred language. So while I don't necessarily create my content in Spanish, I'm bilingual in Spanish because I'm Puerto Rican. um, I do put that in there in case somebody is like, you know, finds me and is like, Oh, I don't really understand, but they can reach out to me the be in Spanish and I'm happy to talk to them in their native language, whether to translate your content into multiple languages highly depends on who your target consumer is, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I think most of the time you can pick a preferred language so you don't have to duplicate everything that you're doing. If for example, let's say you are a local business in a city that has a highly bilingual market, then what language do those people prefer for them to be spoken to? And what language does the most amount of customers that are going to buy your service or product speak, right? I think most of the time, you know, in the United States, we can default to English unless your product or service is very specific to a foreign demographic, right? I don't think there's a lot of times where I can't think of any examples where I feel like you would absolutely have to translate all of your content into both languages, therefore be doing double work, Um, you know, because most people in the United States that speak another language speak both of them well there's some exceptions to that, but so, yeah, so for me, it's about uh, accessibility. Um, I I have had some clients that it was more comfortable for them to speak business with me in Spanish, but the content we created was ultimately in English because they are, you know, they were a local business. So they were servicing, um, an English speaking market.
1: So yeah. 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 I love that you brought it back to ideal. Follower, ideal customer, right? Like mm-hmm. that is that is always the missing link a lot of times in the strategy and how we show up on social media and who we're speaking to. Like we always, always, always need to keep that person in mind. And And I think that a lot of times when people are in the middle of like creating content for their own business, it's easy to kind of forget that. <laughs> That's actually one of the things that I do with a lot of my students and coaching clients is like looking at their captions and being like, all right, this is awesome, but like, who are we speaking to again? How can we tweak this here or there to make it more like relatable to them, important to them, valuable to them, all those things. So I love that you brought it there.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest mistake that I see in um, in people's current social media is that they're creating content that they like like to look at or think is like fun. You know, like I've seen like product-based Instagrams and they're posting like a lot of memes and like relatable things, which is great, but like they forget to talk about their product or service. So I'm like, okay, you know, like, are we just creating like an uh, an Instagram for fun or like, are you trying to sell your product or service? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I know like um, for me, I'm one that I personally like hate the idea of niching down so small that like, I'm just stuck with like one kind of client. But when creating a marketing strategy, it is, it is super helpful to think to get very specific in who you're talking to, right? Like other people will also hear your message, and you probably will get, you know, clients and customers outside of that. What is an I see ideal customer? Or something I forget what it's called. Avatar. Ideal customer, ideal customer avatar, avatar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because for me, when I make content, I think about okay, what are because I mostly service other service space. Women of color businesses, but I have some product businesses that come in, right? Um, because that message can still apply. But because I think about them when I'm creating my content, it's really easy for me to be like, okay, well, these are these people's pain points. So that I'm going to create content about that, right? Right now, my messaging has been heavily reels because I think you know, business owners, they're like, oh my gosh, a new thing on Instagram. Like, how do I market my business on this? People are struggling with what to do with reels. So a lot of my upcoming content that I have batched will be a lot, a lot talking about reels, but I'm also have a service specifically to this topic that I'm talking about. So that's why that's what my current content strategy is Mm -hmm. about. Um, And it is okay to change your content strategy a couple of times a year, if possible, especially if it's not working and you're not getting results, like you just keep tweaking it, you know, I tweak my own. So you can see on my feed, um, I have aesthetically changed my vibe. I have, you know, content wise changed my vibe. And it's all because Reels came out and I was like, okay, well, I got to hop on this. So, you know, I definitely like got rid of not got rid of, but I, a lot of like upcoming, like static posts that I had planned, I revised them and made them into reels because early adopters are just rewarded with technology and social media specifically. So it is for sure. If you want to grow organically, get on reels now before everybody else is on reels and the competition is higher. Right.
1: True. Very true. I know. I, I, It's definitely a great idea if you can like be an early adapter of things or figure things out and all that stuff. But again, sometimes I like to always add like that secondary note that it's like, but
0: if you can't, if it's stressful, I'd rather you still just do the other stuff. You know what I mean? One hundred (laughs) percent. If. If anything in any area of life feels just like insurmountable to you and doesn't feel natural or like you can do it, then don't do it. Because one thing that I also advocate, is like mental health over everything, right? If Mm -hmm. Reels just feels like, oh my God, this is like entirely too much, then that's okay, right? You know, typically your ideal customer probably feels just like you and they will continue to enjoy your other content, right? So it all goes back to your goals, right? To your goals, but also like your capacity, to keep up with this because this is a marketing avenue of your business. So whatever you do, you, you got to be able to keep up with it. Or if not, you're kind of wasting that energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I love that but you yes. give permission to people to evolve as well. Right. And like evolve your content, but then also exactly. It's like, nothing is a waste either, right? Like you took those static posts that you had planned and turned them into reels and adapted them slightly to make them more aligned with your messaging that you've like pivoted into slightly. Uh And, and that's awesome. You know, like if you, you know, do decide to pivot your messaging or something like that, then like save that stuff that you created for later, or think, how can I repurpose this? Or, all of that stuff. Like nothing is really wasted for sure. And it's okay too. Like maybe you'll want to come back around to that messaging. I just released brand vibe bundles. <laughs> They're kind of like yes. digital bundle templates. It was like the funnest project I've ever had. And now that I'm kind of like done with the creative part of it and like making sure our, well, the Pinterest ads are set up and the mm-hmm. like all the backend stuff. I'm like, Ugh, I just want to go back to like creating, but anyway, um, like You know, six months ago, most of my messaging was about batch planning, about how you can create your social media strategy, about how you can show up in the best way because I was like launching my online course, the social map. But then like in December through now, (laughs) I've been talking a lot about like the branding aspect, translating your branding onto social media, creating Mm -hmm. graphics, how to edit photos because I've been, you know, pivoting toward these brand by bundles, but the social map is about to come back. I don't know when I'm launching it in May, I think. So Mm -hmm. then my messaging is going to pivot again. So it's like, even if you want to pivot your messaging through a certain season, you can still like revisit those posts that you had planned and maybe use them again in the future for sure.
0: Yeah, bottom line is don't let what you see others doing like make you feel guilty. You are your biggest party. Only you know what's good for you and your business. So well, while I am advocating Reels, You know, you have my permission to also not do them if you just don't effing want to, right? (laughs) Like, don't. (laughs) Yes. You make me so happy,
1: lady. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge. Like, all of this is so, so important. And I do think, I think that reels are great. At least a great place to start playing around in because they are. They're fun. They're fun. They're honestly so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't have to be perfect. Like
0: if you show up as a dork, like that's better. You know what I mean? It's like you'll get more views because people want to see your dorkiness over and over.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm an advocate for anything that advocates dorkiness on the platform (laughs) stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on here. I could chat with you for the rest of the day, let's be honest, but we can. So, um, can you please share how people can connect with you? Can you tell us a little bit about
0: your VIP day offer too? Cause I want to hear about that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So because this is so new, I know that some people need some help. So I am offering a vertical video VIP days. A lot of that vertical video is focused on reels, but we can also during that time, create some stories, batch, create some stories. So you can just the idea is to take care of all of your video stuff on camera stuff in one day so that you can sprinkle it throughout the month. So it highly depends on what your goals are, but basically you, we talk, you tell me what your goals are and I go and take care of everything. I write the scripts for you. I think of, um, you know, audio ideas. I think of transition ideas. All you literally have to do is show up. However you physically want to show up, we show up on zoom and I walk you through everything. you right. I can tell you, Hey, let's do another take, talk a little louder, talk a little slower. you know. So I completely hold your hand and tell you exactly what to do. And the best part is after we're done with our couple of hours together, I do the rest as well. I edit them and I get them 100% ready to go and send them over to you. You literally just show up, record, and then post them once they're done. So that is what a vertical video VIP day looks like with me. I also offer monthly retainer social media. And I also offer um, strategy sessions if that is more at your budget. When you know we can set a strategy for a couple months and then check back in after you you have executed it on your own. You can find me on the socials, uh, <laughs> on um, mostly on Instagram at Leadavi Social or Leadavi Social Yay! Oh
1: my gosh! I know that everyone's gonna be like rushing to your account and being like, "What <laughs> reels have Leona created today?" You know? And yeah. All that stuff. So, yes. Thank you so much for joining me, lady. I am such a proponent for all that you're doing. I love the way you're showing off. And I know my audience is gonna want to give you a follow too. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
0: I love chatting with you. Thank you, Kinsey. Thank you for having me.
1: How awesome is Liana, you guys. Whenever we recorded this interview, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to share it because I know that my listeners are going to absolutely love this conversation and they're going to gain so, so much value. So Definitely go give Liana a follow. She is wonderful. Also, if you found this interview valuable, please share it to your Instagram stories. Make sure that you tag me at feel good Social and Liana at Lita V social as well so that we can both see it, reshare it, connect with you and spread you some joy and love. Thank you so much for tuning in my feel good friends and I will catch you next time I catch you. Thanks so much for listening, my friend. For show notes and a whole lot of other awesome freebies, visit feelgoodsocial.com. Simply go to feelgoodsocial.com for all the goods.